Welcome to the Positive Impact Podcast, where we dive into the world of movers, shakers, and changemakers, creating a positive impact on the world. This is your host, Alexandra Black Pollock, and together we're going to tackle real issues, discovering how we can make the world a better place. This episode of the Positive Impact Podcast is brought to you by HelloFresh, delicious, healthy, and fresh meals delivered straight to your door. Enjoy cooking again with scrumptious and easy to prepare meals three nights a week. Visit positiveimpactpodcast.com fresh for $40 off your first box. Joining us today, we have an exciting startup founder championing one of my personal favorite topics, empowering girls. Makeda Ricketts is the innovative founder of PinkThink, a tech company blending fashion, technology, and education with snazzy codable bracelets. Basically, she's engaging the next generation of female coders. Makeda, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. So originally, what kind of got you excited about this idea of girls and STEM and technology and started this entire movement? Well, originally, I mean, I'm the biggest nerd ever. So it started with me. I actually was really excited about these subjects when I was younger, and I loved kind of learning these things. I mean, I was president of the math club. So for me, it was always just a passion of mine. Um, and I really just gravitated towards um, these subjects and the world just really opened up as a result. And so I kind of saw that not happening, especially I was concerned just about the future of girls um, in general. I saw a lot of girls kind of not following that path. And I have a little sister and I wanted to make sure that she was on the right path and that she was engaging these subjects because she's super smart. So that really was the, the really the reason I wanted to start this company was just for little girls like that, just to make sure that they had the opportunities I had as a result of studying these subjects. Helping your sister get into tech. That is such an yeah. inspiring mission. Now, back to this idea of you in the math club. Yeah. How many girls were in the math club with you? Not a lot. <laughs> and I was present in the math club. And you know what's really funny is I grew up, it's a lot of this is just attitude. So you really have to kind of, it's so important to encourage girls in these subjects and really make them feel like they can do it. I was just always smart. I was always told I was smart. I was always encouraged in school. So I never was anything I thought I couldn't do. And so as a result, and education was just really important. My parents, I would say some people come from money. I come from education. My parents were really um, educated, highly educated. And then they really made sure that that was something that was the end all the be all in my house. And so all the all the positive praise, all the accomplishments, everything was really related to school. And as a result, I really excelled in those subjects and really never doubted my abilities to, to actually do well in those subjects. And so that kind of confidence is what I really want to pass on to other girls. Um, and there were not that many in the math club with me, but I never thought anything of it. I never really actually even looked around and said, wait a minute, you know, why is that? I come from education. That is one of the best defining characteristics I've heard ever. And this yeah. idea of empowering other girls around education. So that's really kind of the grassroots idea of Pink Think is mm -hmm. education and teaching them about tech. Yep. But doing it in a way that's it's non-threatening and also in a way that I, I used to think this stuff was fun. I used to think this stuff was just cool and fun and it was fun for me. And, you know, that I've been in school and I thought it wasn't fun. And that's, that makes all the difference in the world. You know, just thinking that, hey, this is actually fun or this is something that actually is really cool or this is something that I'm learning that I want to learn. Um, just having that different mindset when you approach a subject as a child is so important and a determinant of how you're going to do in that subject. So really just keeping it 
light for them, keeping it fun for them and engaging for them is so important. Okay, so I was one of those kids that in chemistry, it was the hardest thing ever. How do you make these topics fun? Well, you know what? First, we, first thing we did when we started our company is we asked the girls, what do you want to see? Why aren't you engaged? What do you, what do you like? What don't you like? What's the problem? Because I think everyone wants to speak at girls and speak you know, at children. And even as older women, we do it. Um, and it's just not fair. We really need to respect these young girls and respect their opinions. And they're so smart. They know what they like. They know what they don't like. And really just meet them where they're at. And I realized that was really where the gap was. People are not meeting girls where they're at, especially at that middle school age. That's where the biggest drop-off tends to be in these interests of STEM subjects like science, technology, engineering, and math. So in the fourth grade, you know, 66% of girls are interested in these subjects. And by the eighth grade, it's under 14%. So that's really where we lose a lot of girls is between eight to 14. And really what the interest is there is coming into adolescence, hanging out with your friends, growing up, they're interested in just kind of becoming young women. Um, they're, they're just, there's, it shifts and they really need something that kind of speaks to them at that particular time. And so we really asked them what they would be and they came up with a bunch of great ideas. So they came up with um, nail polish and, and makeup and they came up with bracelets and jewelry and they came up with, you know, shopping with their friends and a lot of interaction with their friends was super important to them. And that's kind of how we decided to make it fun. We just basically took what they told us and created products around it. Now, blending shopping and nail polish and hanging out with friends, what does that look like in terms of technology and teaching them about coding? Sure. So one thing we did is we actually developed um, an engineering module for some schools in Chicago, public schools, for their after-school programs. And we actually turned it into a free game on our website. We just said, hey, this school paid us for it, and we're just going to build it out a little bit more and put it on our website right now. It's called Pink Engineer, and that's just a great game that teaches girls business skills, science skills, math skills, chemistry, um, and they get to create this whole product and then they get to price it, do a little slogan for it, a motto, name it, and it's a nail polish. Choose the bottle, you know, figure out different quiz questions to figure out how to make it, you know, iridescent or go in the dark. And then they get to put it out on a forum and other girls get to like it and say whether they like it or, you know, vote on it or buy it. There's virtual money they can buy it with. So little things like that. That's how we made chemistry or something like that look really fun. For pink engine, for, that's for pink engineer. For C-Style, um, which is our coatable wearable, we basically decided to take the idea of a bracelet and really ask girls what that would look like to them, what a wearable that they would like to wear every day would look like, and then basically allow them to personalize it by uploading codes to their bracelet. And we actually decided that was just a really cool way to have them do something with coding because Coding can be very abstract. It can be very much like, what's the point of this? Where's this going? And so this really gave them something tangible for them to hold on to. And we're just, I'm so super proud of this product and just the design of it and the response from girls after we finished it um, because it's really something that it looks like they've just been waiting for and they're just so excited about it. Well, I'd love to dig into the details because when you and I have connected before, the capabilities of this bracelet is mind-blowing. I mean, stuff that... I would have never thought of ever. <laughs> so yeah. can you walk us through a girl gets this bracelet? What happens sure. next? So there's this great platform where we've incorporated just really redesigning learning for girls. So we kind of said, what, how do girls get engaged in these subjects in terms of learning? How do we actually um, redesign curriculum that actually makes it more interesting for girls? So one thing we decided to do was have just a little bit more of creativity and creation um, in terms of 
online gaming and online interaction with girls because a lot of these gamification things kind of emphasize destruction, which is more for boys. Girls like to create. So we decided to really make sure there was a creative outlet for them. Personalization is another thing. They really like to personalize. And then sharing and then gamification. So that's the online platform. The online platform has great narratives uh, with coding stories for the younger kids. So there's a little uh, cat named Hershey and Hershey <laughs> can go around and have little missions. He's lost his dog. He needs to you know, get the treasure and you basically help code the bracelet as Hershey goes along in order to help him kind of uh, complete his mission. So you get to kind of follow along this great narrative and this great story, which girls love. There are uh, games, there's badging. So for older girls, there's a lot of fun little different games, matching games, et cetera, and scoreboards for them, and then badges. And all of that kind of teaches them coding. And we've actually created our own coding language, which is really simplified and easy for girls to learn. And this is just basically to give them an interest. It's not to teach them HTML, Java, it's to actually just give them the basic foundations. So just learn basics like what comes next in a line of code, sequential ordering, logic, what does that mean? So that they kind of get that interest started and then they can go on and learn other things like HTML, Java, how to build a website. But just to get the spark that interest in them and make it easy enough for them to give them an early win so that they feel like, yes, I can do this, this is something I'm interested in. And that, all that leads to them basically uploading these codes on the bracelet and being able to personalize the lights on this bracelet to respond to a bunch of different things. It's really exciting. That sounds like so much fun. I want to go help Hershey find his lost dog. <laughs> yeah. And I think that all that then kind of connects to this now great physical product. I mean, the design of this product, I am just so proud of what it looks like. Um, our product developer worked really hard on the design of this, and we've gone back and forth. And I mean, we've literally been fighting for millimeters to kind of match the technology to the design to keep it sleek enough and modern looking enough. We've gone through so many prototypes just to get this right. And it just looks so cool. Girls love wearing it. They love the look of it. It comes in silver and white right now. Um, and they're just in love with the look of this bracelet. And then basically... There are lights in the bracelet that you can code to respond to body temperature or oh. ambient temperature. So like a mood bracelet. Interesting. Um, yeah. And then ambient light. So like glow in the dark. You can make it light up if it glows in a, if it's, you know, the light changes. What little girl does not want a glow in the dark bracelet? I mean, I want one of those. <laughs> <laughs> and then alerts. It connects to your computer and it will tell you if, um, you know, you're getting a call or you are getting an email or a text message. So it connects really easily to a phone, a tablet, or a computer. And basically you can upload your codes on the go. Now, one of the really cool things that you've made with this bracelet is the social aspect. So 14-year-old girl wants to be creative, wants to be social, and she gets this bracelet. How does the inner workings of that social space work? Sure, there's a couple of different ways. One thing is that we're opening up our platform and have forums. We want to really encourage peer-to-peer -peer learning. So we definitely want that to be an aspect of it. But the biggest thing that we've done with girls is, and the girls really love this, is we've created secret clubs on our platform Ooh. where you basically can just upload your codes and share your codes only with a select group of friends that is password protected. And you can make the codes have meaning. So basically, if we all code our bracelet you know, to flash pink every 10 minutes that means you know go team or you know our friend is sick and we want to show our support or I have a big swim meet and my friends want to code their bracelet like blue and white for me um, and they, we know what that means and no one else knows what that means so it's like a new secret message almost that we are not communicating 
And the way to do that is just to like put it in our secret groups and just say, hey, this is what I'm going to wear my bracelet like today. And just explain the meaning to your friends. And you and your friends can actually then match your bracelets to actually look exactly the same and do the same exact coding for it and synchronize your look basically for that day. Which actually also encourages you to change your codes frequently. Mm -hmm. So now you have girls with their secret codes continually going in and wanting to be the next code that's chosen for that week. Yeah. And the cool thing is, is that, again, it gives girls a kind of like way to communicate without actually communicating because I know what that means and you know what that means and no one else knows what that means. You know, it's our special group. If there's four people in that group or five people in that group, these are the people we want to know, we want to share our messaging with, or this is stuff that, you know, you have friends and it's like almost a new like telephone, you know, it's just like whispering each other's ear. Like this is our little secret and we understand each other and it's just another way for us to connect. Now coding is the new note passing in class. It's the new note passing and it's really cool because it's a way for girls to learn um, and also to share. And I mean, I think that's one of the biggest things. I'm a huge sharer and I think women just really love to connect with each other. Me and my friends love to this day to send each other little things and tell each other, did you see this? Did you see that? And we're always in communication. So this is a new text message. It is the new way to kind of see each other in the hallway and feel that connection with each other if we have our bracelets and they're doing the same thing at the same time. It's just a great way to connect with your friends. Okay, so we've talked about kind of the platform that girls have this store. Is this also kind of an app that they can do on the go? So actually what we're doing right now is it's a beta site um, and we have an Indiegogo campaign to be able to turn it into the app. So we are actually going to turn it into an app, and I don't want to give too much away, but we're actually working with another organization in STEM to get the app developed, so it's going to be a partnership, so I'm really excited about that. Um, and so more to come on that. Uh, Exciting. But I'm really excited about that. I, I love partnerships. So <laughs> I think collaborations are just the best because you just people just bring new things into it that you never even thought of. Um, but yes, so it's a platform now. It's web-based, but then we're basically going to hopefully have the app out in early next year through uh, raising some funds through our Indiegogo campaign. Let's touch on that because that Indiegogo campaign is going on right now. What kind of things can people find when they go to that site? I mean, there's all kind of fun things. I am excited about this campaign because um, it's been a long time coming, but I think that's so important. We came up with the idea of C-Style. I came up with this idea in April 2013. We had our first prototype out in May 2014 that we designed. And so it's been a long time, but I think it's just best to do it right. So we've done it right. And I'm very proud of that. Um, We've taken our time and we've actually come up with a really cool campaign where people can actually give to organizations. Uh, We've selected four organizations that we're partnering with. So if you don't have a girl in your life that, you know, you want to give a bracelet to, you can actually give to girls that would not be able to afford this technology normally. And it will go right to the hands of organizations like the Girl Scouts, you know, organizations are nationally known and very much um, reputable. And so basically what you want to do is give, 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 because it will go to where it's needed. We're going to spread a movement and have girls coders just kind of commonplace everywhere yeah. out there. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. And the cool thing about the campaign also is that we have fun little things that are only available through the campaign. So we, of course, have been working with schools and we have our beta site. But basically, the campaign is going on all the month of December. And if you donate through the campaign, you will have access to that beta site and our platform right now on the 23rd, right in time for Christmas. So you can actually give a girl you know, you know, a gift of coding and this great platform right now, actually. You don't have to wait for the bracelet to come out. You can play the games. It can read the stories. It can start that interaction right away. 
Absolutely love that. Now, I'm curious, what was it like approaching some of these big recognized organizations like the Girl Scouts and explaining your new codable bracelet? How did that go? Well, you know what? When we started this company, when I started this company, we did a lot of things for free. We did a lot of things just to kind of get our feet wet and to just to reach these girls and ask them questions and figure out the best way to interact with them. And that's how we got in touch with a lot of these organizations and schools. And I recommend that for people, um, especially when your startup is starting off, is really just to build up your own kind of reputation by doing things for free or just net, uh, networking and doing workshops or different conferences. That's just a great way to meet people and really to people, if you have a great product, will respond. And so basically what happened is we actually met up with them through a couple of like, they have some STEM Paloozas. So we did a STEM couple of different- STEM Paloozas? Uh, yeah. You're gonna oh, have to like, break that one down for us. Oh, it's great. It's like a STEM day for um, girls and they have um, people coming in from all over. I mean, 200, 300, 400 girls sometimes. It's amazing. We've done a bunch of tables with their um, Groupon was there. A bunch of other organizations participate in those things. It's a great day. And you know, it's just a wonderful way to kind of connect with girls, get feedback on the products. That's kind of how we also got a lot of our prototyping done is just getting feedback through those kind of events and then build a relationship with organizations that are nationally known, like the Girl Scouts. AAUW is another one. They have tech conferences and we actually gave out a bunch of giveaways at their conferences last year. And they're one of our partners now. And so really building with um, local organizations that have national reaches is, is, is really important. Especially for a startup. Oh, yeah. Oh. Well, I would love to dive more into that startup, but before we do that, we talked about your Indiegogo and campaign in December, but you guys also just wrapped up another really cool program called Hour of Code. Can you tell us what that was? Sure. So what we decided to do is because we always want to have a social, we're a social organization, but we always want to have a social mission where we actually are making sure we are giving back to the community, especially as we grow. So we've also always kind of offered our products at cost or at reduced cost to schools and organizations. And what we're doing now or for free. And what we're doing now is we're basically allowing the platform to be used for Hour of Code um, by organizations and schools that are interested and they just have it and they can use it um, for free. So the same platform we're giving away through our Indiegogo campaign for if people donate is the same platform we're giving to the schools and organizations completely free of charge for them to use for Hour of Code, which is really important. Hour of Code is just a way for people to kind of, and schools and organizations to really participate in coding and getting the word out there. Um, and I'm just happy that it's an initiative and people are taking it seriously um, because it really does help spread the message and just doing little stuff like our code and having a week devoted to coding gets the word out there and gets kids really engaged in a way that they normally would not be. And so I'm really happy that we are participating and we're definitely happy to be working with organizations that we are. A social organization with a social mission. Absolutely yeah, incredible. Excited. <laughs> Now let's talk a little bit about startups because when I think startups, I think all this glitz and glam and glory, but that's not the reality now, is it? No. <laughs> that wouldn't it be lovely if that's what it was. I, I would love that. That would be amazing. So what does it really look like to run a startup? Oh my gosh. It is a very thankless job. I always say, you know, as long as my girls love me, I'm good because... <laughs> Um, that's what really keeps me going is interacting with the girls and meeting them and working with them. And that is really, they give me such life. Um, they're so amazing. They're so energetic. They love our products. They love the company. They love the concept. They're always enthusiastic, uh, and, and engaged. And so that will really keep me going. The rest of it is just 
really hard, really thankless, and really scary a lot of times. Um, and so I don't know how anyone could do this if it's not something that's passionate to you or you, you really care about or if you're not doing a social enterprise because you couldn't pay me enough to go through through this for any other reason besides the fact that I just really believe in what we're doing um, and our mission to kind of get more girls engaged in STEM because otherwise I, I would be working a regular job and be having a, a much better time with my life right now. <laughs> well, we are all so grateful that you are so passionate about this because this is creating the next generation of women in STEM. Yeah, and that's super important because literally there's just long-term economic ramifications for when girls opt out of these subjects. And so we really, I mean, in one generation, if we really focused, we could get women earning just, you know, way more money than they're earning right now. We could really kind of close the gender gap in STEM careers and really get women to be economically empowered, which I think is just so important for everybody to be economically empowered because I always tell my girls when I'm working with them, make sure you get, you know, your right paychecks, make sure that you get, you earn what you deserve, do your research, you know, go in and ask for that raise, um, really be smart about your money because especially for women, it's so important. Economics for women is just power, empowering for women. And so I think it's just huge if we can get the next generation to really kind of step up and be that generation that really closes the, the wage gap and the gender gap. Absolutely mind-blowing implications of this mission. Absolutely. And I think it's just, it's something where it's, we're so close. I'm literally, if we were engaging girls in this age range today, these, that by the next generation, that there could be no such thing as a wage gap, like just it, that quick, you know, 10 years from now, this could not no longer be an issue. And so it's super important that we do this now because we don't need to waste any more time. We could really kind of change the way that the world economically works, especially works for women. But not only that, I mean, having women in these subjects, women bring a perspective that, and anybody who's being shut out brings a perspective. The more diversity you have, the more inclusion you have, the more perspectives you have, the more innovation you have. So, so important that all groups are included in, in these subjects and all groups are included, especially in technology and innovation, because they're just gonna add more and propel this country forward more and propel the world forward more. What a mission to get behind. You have empowerment, innovation, closing gender gaps. I'm just blown away, just absolutely blown away. These are some huge goals, and you guys are really championing an entire movement right now, but those are kind of down the road. Can you tell us about a time when you were starting up and you felt like giving up, but this mission is the only thing that drove you forward? Oh my gosh, I think that's every day. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a daily thing. Um, and then, you know, like I said, we, we, we still somehow persevere um, because it is just that important to us. Uh, this is definitely just something that we live for and I live for. But, yeah, I can definitely tell you about one particular instance. I remember the first time, like I said, we've had so many prototypes and uh, so many designing um, snafus and so many things that we had to consider when doing a physical hardware product. It's not a startup without snafus. Oh, my gosh. That's, that's also a daily thing. And so... <laughs> I remember the one time in particular, um, it was the first time that we were 3D printing the bracelet. And I never 3D printed, my product developer never 3D printed, no one else on the team had never 3D printed. We stood over this 3D printer for an entire day, 24 hours, um, oh. and what came out was unusable. It was completely, it couldn't even go in someone's hand, it's unrecognizable. And I just took a picture of it, 
And it's a picture that I look at all the time because really just to see the progression of where we've come from in a year, um, at that point in time, the innovation that we came up with and how just, I guess, dogmatic we were, it was just kind of born out of necessity because there was just no one else to do it. And so really we had to get it done. And so it was just like, we had no choice. We had to just be as creative as possible, as scrappy as possible, as innovative as possible. And we just had to keep going. And I mean, to see what it started off as, to see where we ended up, we're actually doing in our campaign this video called like, look what girls can do. Because I remember when we first got it to work, my product developer turned to me and was like, look what two, look what we just did. Like, look what two girls can do. Like, can you imagine that we did this? Because it was such an uphill battle to get to that point where you're thinking about the fact that we've never created a physical product, regardless of our tech skills or our design skills or our backgrounds. The fact that we just did it because we had to do it. I mean, we were just so proud. And I think that I always tell the girls and I work with them that I, I live by example. Like, I definitely would never encourage them to do something I would not do myself or holding the standards that we don't hold ourselves to. And so the fact that we sat there and we worked it out, um, I just think shows that it's, it's look what girls can do. It's so important for you to stick with this because the sky's the limit when you put your mind to something. That really is a lesson in perseverance because I cannot imagine physically standing over a 3D printer for 24 hours to get something completely unusable. Completely unusable. I don't even think we, I don't even think we took bathroom breaks. We were just glued to this printer and literally it just would not work. And we just couldn't even figure out why. We just had no, I mean, and this was like a year ago, over a year ago. So this is when 3D printing really just started. It was just, there was only a couple of 3D printers we had access to. Um, thank God, you know, I, I'm a student at the University of Chicago Booth. And so we have uh, great resources there. And my product developer is IIT design student. And so we were had access to 3D printers at that time, which was rare. It was not as common as even now. And thank God we did. But I mean, it was just something that was just cutting edge technology. And for us to kind of figure it out, we just had to figure it out, you know. And so definitely, as much as I push girls into coding and push girls into being tech savvy is as much as I push myself into really knowing these skills inside and out and learning these new skills all the time and learning new platforms all the time. That journey from standing over that 3D printer to where you've come today is such a testament to perseverance and passion and what, as you said, two girls can accomplish if they put their mind to it. Yeah. And I mean, to think now, even in our campaign, we're going to offer a gold bracelet. To think we could even come up with different colors and design. To think that, you know, we could really innovate to that level is just amazing. Ah, oh, I am inspired and I am excited to see what the next generation holds. Before jumping into the rapid fire, a quick resource and tool for you as you grow your business. One of the most challenging things out there can be around branding and marketing and really telling your story in a way that resonates with customers. To help, we've built a comprehensive ideal customer worksheet to help you walk through all the different steps in identifying your customer. Download your free copy at positiveimpactpodcast.com slash branding. Hang out with us there and you're also going to find information about a brand new branding guide for young businesses, all giving you the tools to make that positive impact in your business. And now for that rapid fire. Life's a balance of work, passion, and adventure. Can you tell us about a recent adventure or excursion you've gone on? Okay, I'm going to tell you one that I've gone on that is actually work-related, but this is a really cool one. We actually were just in San Fran um, doing a demo day with our fellowship that I'm in, Camelback Ventures. And uh, right after that, I had to do 
um, working with GSV Labs and doing work with girls that day and doing filming and photos with the girls we were working with, et cetera. And it was a long day. And after it was over, I was like, all right, we're done. And we actually, my mentor, um, the head of Camelback Ventures and another startup, we actually pulled out a bear pong table and started playing bear pong. <laughs> <laughs> and we actually started listening to music. We, there was a slide in uh, GSB Labs and it's a twisty slide. And we went down this twisty slide. We just played like kids. And I think it was just such a great way to kind of end the day that was a lot of work and a week that was a lot of work and kind of do that balance where you could switch from, hey, okay, it was work mode or parents here, the kids here to like, let's play some beer pong and let's slide on the slide and let's just have fun and kick back for a couple hours because we did our job and what we're supposed to do. And so we're going to just have some fun. And I think that was just a way to make an adventure out of an ordinary day and a way to celebrate an ordinary day in just a really fun, cool way that was low cost, but still so, so fun and with great people so man finishing off a long day by going down a slide in beer pong i beer need to pong. come hang out with you and, more can often. i just say i killed beer pong i congratulations won so many games thank you i <laughs> took it back to college but i was i was good so oh maybe i don't want to come play then <laughs> no I'm, I'm like the champ i was like the champ is here we, we definitely won a lot of our games it was great <laughs> well switching gears a little bit can you describe a time when you were able to have boots on the ground and really see your work come to life and those moments that are just, this is why it's worth it? Oh my gosh, yes. Every time I work with the girls, I have those moments. And there's this great video on our YouTube page with this, uh, one of the young ladies we worked with um, saying, you know, I'm, I'm asking her a question. I actually, it was just me with my phone. It wasn't even, you know, planned to record it. But I just was asking them feedback like I normally do. Um, and I said to her, you know, what did you like about it? She was like, I liked everything about it. You know, I loved it. And there's so many times when we have girls give us that kind of feedback. There's so many times when we have girls light up, are engaged. I mean, I have so many videos, so many photos of them just having the best time ever, having these little chats with themselves while they're playing. They forget I'm in the room. So they really just start to say stuff that you would not, that you don't even, what are you saying? Like they break out a song. You know, somebody asked me what's the weirdest thing that ever happens to you when you're doing testing sessions with girls. They randomly break out in like pop songs and start singing like Bubblicious and other Purplicious. I don't even know some <laughs> songs they're doing and they're talking about reality TV. They just forget I'm even there. They're just having such a good time. Um, I think that is just always really cool. And the other thing that I think is really cool is just to see them kind of as the game progresses or as we ask them more questions, just to see their confidence build and see them helping each other, supporting each other, answering questions, and just seeing them kind of get way more engaged. And then I think the part that I always makes it bittersweet, but I, I love it, um, is when they're always like, are you coming back tomorrow? Are we going to do this later? Oh. Or I know, when are you coming back? When are we going to do this again? Um, even the other day when we were filming in San Fran and we were working with girls in San Fran, um, they didn't want to leave. It was over. They had been there for hours and they were like, oh, we're going to go do this or we're going to do you know, they were, had such a good time um, and the parents were there. Their parents were there, which was actually really cool to have the parents there as well. It's one of the few testing sessions and few times that I've actually had the parents tag along um, and they could just see they were so grateful. The parents were so grateful because they could just really see the fun their kids were having with the bracelet and with our technology. Um, and they just they all thanked me at the end. They just really loved the fact that their girls were so engaged and they had such a good time with something that was smart and, and something that was teaching them. Fun, education, and fashion, exactly what you set out to achieve. Mm -hmm. So as we touched on a little bit, it's obviously a roller coaster in the startup, 
Can you tell us about one of the times you had a favorite mistake? That mistake that was really hard with at the time, but moving forward, you're like, that needed to happen to get where I am today. Yeah, um, I think one of the things that was an interesting mistake that we made um, was that we had a testing session in New York with Harlem Children's Zone, and it was actually younger girls, younger than we're used to working with. And they actually, it was the first time that they actually were not that engaged with what we were doing. And I was just kind of like, whoa, this is new. Um, they were actually usually what, up until that point, we had tested with probably like 10 and over, uh, 11 and up. And these girls were like nine, eight, nine, 10. They just, it was too advanced for them. They had never really seen coding before. Uh, and they, it, what, they were not quick to get it. And that is actually what led us to start doing coding stories because I thought like, wow, this is a way that we could get that younger demographic engaged and we can actually now expand our age range to even six-year-olds if we have a, a narrative that makes it easier for them to understand and, and easier for them to be engaged in. And if we make a story around it with a little character and we make it just more familiar to them. Um, and so that mistake actually is what allowed us to actually develop a story module for our platform. And I think that it's opened up so many doors for us. The response to the stories has been so positive and young kids are now engaged in a way that we only saw with the older kids. And so that was a mistake that definitely let me fail forward if not, and not fail back. Fail forward, that really is the motto for the entrepreneurial journey. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what advice do you have for recent grads looking for a meaningful career? Wow, um, I think one advice I have for recent grads looking for a meaningful career is that you have to really know what that means for you first. And so when I left college, I went to Ethiopia and taught uh, in an age orphanage. And that really changed my life. That changed what I thought I wanted to do. That changed kind of the direction my career took. That changed me even thinking about teaching and education and, and kind of getting involved in continuing to educate in my spare time in New York and, and mentor organizations and getting on boards and, and really put me on a path that I am today. And so I think if you really want to get into a meaningful career, doing stuff like that, trips, volunteering, um, doing time abroad, um, working with different organizations, that's the way to really figure out what you're passionate about. Because I think when you find real meaning in your career, it's what you are good at, what you really want to do, and what makes you happy. And I just realized for myself, working with kids is what always made me happy. Interacting with children is kind of really what I did to kind of regroup and, and recharge my batteries. And so that experience was one of the happiest times of my life. Um, and that really is what made me realize that that was something that I was passionate about. And so I advise everyone to just do as many extracurricular activities as you can. Step out of the box as much as you can so you can really figure out what a meaningful career mean, looks like to you. It's so exciting that that journey to Ethiopia helped really redefine your tradition your career path, because that's actually a topic we've had on this podcast before with episode three, Anna Lenhart walked us through how service can really redefine your, your career path. And I'm so excited that you are another testimony to that phenomenal movement. Yes. And you know what? Um, I really feel like if you have that, it's just amazing because I feel like, A, I feel like service is just something that's so important. It's a way to just get outside of yourself. But B, I think it's just a way for you really to understand yourself. Um, and it's a way for you really to develop kind of your own skill set and what you really are good at. I think sometimes if you take a, just a job, you're kind of pigeonholed. When you're serving, you have just freedom to kind of really explore what's best about you. 
and what your skill set is and what you can bring to the table in an environment that's a lot less stressful and a lot more easygoing and lax. And that gives you kind of the opportunity to really kind of explore and develop yourself and your own skills. Understanding self. What a great testament. Yeah. What role has mentorship played in you creating Pink Think? Wow. Well, mentorship, I think, is so important in general. Um, I love the idea of mentoring to younger generations. Um, and I, like I said, I love collaboration. I love knowledge transferring. I think that's just so important. I don't believe in inventing the wheel. I'm a big sharer. I like to share, 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 share. So if I have learned something or have a contact, I love to pass it on. But I also am a big person who believes in people doing that for me. I actually have a mentor through my fellowship who's been amazing and has really helped me kind of navigate uh, a startup and what that means. But also emotionally, I think it's so important to have a mentor, somebody who's been there because that's the support and nobody knows what this is until you get into it. I think you can't, people always say, don't you know what you're getting into? No, you don't. <laughs> you, don't you, you never know can. Until, <laughs> you never can. Oh, no, absolutely not. Uh, so I think having someone who's actually been there and gets it is so important just for emotional support, as well as just giving you guidance um, and also passing it on to other people, you know, and being able to mentor to other people is also important. But for me personally, I think mentorship has been huge. Um, it's really kept me going and, and kept me focused at a time when I'm like, oh, this is crazy. And there'll always be those times, you know, there'll always be those times that you say, what am I supposed to do? Or there are times when you doubt yourself. Everybody has those moments. There are times when it gets really hard. There are times when it gets confusing and just having someone to you can bounce off ideas to and guide you is important. Furthering that idea of share, 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 do you have a book that you recommend to others who are socially minded and want to make an impact? I have a couple of books that I have read myself. Um, and I think what I like to do is I like to do a cross section. So I don't know if there's any one book that's going to lend itself to that. But I think one thing that you should read is um, for me, when you're talking about personal journeys and finding your personal story, is The Alchemist is my personal favorite book. Um, I think it's just a really good book about how you, what it means to go on a journey and that it's kind of hard. <laughs> you kind of need to understand that and what that, you know, that journey is important. And then I think for startups and startup books and that sort of thing, um, the Lean Startup book, I think is important to understand how that works. Um, just as a way to understand how you know, what it means to actually be in a startup and what that would look like. And I think it's just a really great way to kind of create a successful business and get like kind of a manual for that. And then I think if you're into just social impact, you know, you should really just look at books that reflect people who have a social mission and what that means to them and how that works. So I think if you can cross section those three books, you know, um, I think it's important. Like there's just a bunch. I like the digital divide because I think that's important for something that we are looking at and something that makes it happen, you know, something that we're really focused on. Um, but there's a bunch I think everyone should kind of look at. And there's one that, you know, six patterns to spread your social innovation. There's a bunch. So I think if you can combine all three, because I think there's, it's hard to find one that's going to touch on all the topics. But I think if you can find something that's going to motivate you personally, that's going to help your business move forward, and then it's going to help you understand your social cause, that's the ticket. Is there a mantra or a motto that guides forward your work with Pink Think? Um, you know what? I had a bunch when I first started. I'm a big quote person. So when I first started, I had this great quote, which said, um, and I can actually read it to you. I love this quote. I think it's something that is very important. I used to tell young girls this all the time. So it says, listen to the musses, child. Listen to the don'ts. 
Listen to the shouldn'ts, the impossibles, the won'ts. Listen to the never haves, then listen close to me. Anything can happen, child, anything can be. And I think that's something that is so important for kids, especially, and even for adults to remember that limitations really only exist in your mind and that anything is really possible. I think I love that about kids. They normally have that, but nothing makes me sadder when I see a kid and they don't have that because I think that's just the beauty of youth is thinking that anything is possible and life hasn't gotten to them yet and they really believe in magic. And I think when you believe in magic, magic happens. And so I definitely love that to, to even remind myself of that occasionally. I think for myself, my personal mantra that I say every day is be unstoppable. Um, you know, cry, scream, yell, do whatever you have to do, but never stop and never quit. That's kind of what I always say to myself. And I always kind of tell myself, you know, you're stronger than you think you can do this and just be unstoppable. Don't stop, you know, because um, I think that's that's how we keep going forward. I used to train for marathons and I used to, the way I would train is I would run so far in one direction and I would train really late at night and in the dead of winter and it was cold. And I'd run really as fast as I could, like four miles out. And then I have to get home. And the only way I'm going to get home is if I run home at that point, because I'm cold, I'm tired, I'm exhausted, but I can't walk four miles back. I'm going to have to run and I'm going to have to meet my goal for my miles for that day. And so I think when you're with a startup or you're doing this, you just go so far out that there's no other choice but to follow it through and keep going. And that's just kind of how I run my life just to make sure that we persevere and I persevere and I don't stop. Charge forward so much that there's no going back. No going back. You have to keep going no matter what. And, and give all you can. Um, I think I was telling people I gave so much with this. I had to kind of stop giving so much because I realized this is not a sprint. This is a marathon. So don't overtrain. Save some for later. But, you know, definitely try and go as hard as you, you can go at that time um, without exhausting yourself. But go so far that you have to finish. Absolutely incredible and something that all of us can take moving forward. What is one tip that our listener can do today to make a positive impact in the world? Wow, I think there's so many. First of all, I think one thing that uh, everyone can do today to just make a positive impact in the world is just be kinder to each other, be nicer to each other. I know it sounds so cliche, but I think just starting with yourself, you know, everybody wants to make a huge impact in the world. Everybody wants to touch a thousand people. You can impact somebody in your life right now. You can help somebody in your life right now. It's so easy and so basic. If everyone just took a minute to kind of just really change their mindset and change how they interact with each other, that just is the first step. I think once you do that, it's so easy to spread that around. But I think on a broader level, um, once you have that social-minded mind frame that you're working from and that framework, then you can go ahead and just join so many causes. There's so many ways. Um, of course, Definitely you can support Pink Think and get the word out there about our cause and our mission. <laughs> That's always great. Thanks. But there's so many other things. And I think, you know, everything's not for everybody. So I definitely want to encourage people to find their calling because I think when you give, it's very much from the heart. And that has to be very much motivated by nothing else but kind of what resonates with you. And so if it's in the environment, it's the environment. If it's kids, it's kids. If it's you know, elderly people, if it's animals, whatever that means to you, find a way to then get involved with that because that's what's going to keep you going and that's the passion that you need to kind of really, you know, work through these some of these very difficult issues and things that can be sad sometimes or daunting sometimes or hard to kind of deal with sometimes when you're looking at some of the social injustices in the world. And so really having something in your heart that's important to you and focusing on that. Makeda, 
every single level today, you have been such an inspiration. I am just completely blown away by the scope of your mission and everything that you're doing for girls to empower them to become our future engineers, innovators, coders, everything. How do people learn more about Pink Think? They can definitely check us out on our website, pinkthink.org or thepinkthink.com or thepinkthink.org. So we have a couple of different, Google Pink Think, you'll find us. Um, and then of course, all of our social media uh, is Pink Think Girls at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. So you can definitely find us out there. And you can definitely de check out our campaign. Our campaign is just really in depth. It shows the press that we've been working with, the partnerships we have, the product development uh, timeline, how our coding language works, um, how we've developed a lot of the platform. And it has a lot of what's really cool is testimonials by girls using the product and, and girls who have interacted with Pink Think and what they think, which is the most important thing to me. Um, I think there's no other validation, but, but that validation in my eyes. Uh, and so I think definitely check out our campaign at Indiegogo, C-Style uh, campaign, and it is the first quotable wearable for girls. And so if you search that on Indiegogo, you'll definitely find us. And by supporting that mission, you are also helping fund the next generation of female coders. Definitely. And you're just, you're helping a girl really reach her full potential, which is always so important. Exciting. Well, Makeda, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. I've had a wonderful time. To the movers and shakers out there, I hope you're as inspired and fired up as I am hearing about Makeda and how she is empowering an entire generation of female coders. To get all of the resources and connect with the Indiegogo campaign that Pink Think is launching this month, go to our show notes page at positiveimpactpodcast.com slash pinkthink. You know the drill. You get a free audio download from Audible for any one of the many books that Makeda mentioned from The Alchemist to The Lean Startup to The Digital Divide and more when you head to our Goodreads page at positiveimpactpodcast.com slash goodreads. Until next time, keep doing your part to make the world a better place.